Hello and welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner, an inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility, where we'll be discussing all things from nutrition to training and everything in between. In this episode, we're going to be looking at all things, well, most things, muscle gain. In today's episode, expect to learn why you should want to build more muscle, apart from just trying to look better naked. What the most important factor is when it comes to getting totally yoked, why whey protein really is important, and we're also going to talk about some of the factors that inhibit muscle growth, so you can you know not do these things. There's so much BS surrounding muscle building, and people are trying to sell you all kinds of things. Today we're kind of here to to clean up the mess and and talk to you about the facts, how so you can maximize your muscle growth. This afternoon I'm joined by the resident head of general snack con- connoisseuring. Connoisseuring? Is that a word? Connoisseuring? 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 Connoisseuring. Uh, snack connoisseur. Snack connoisseur. Head connoisseur, yes, is how I would probably say it. That's Jack, by the way. Hello. Everyone knows who Jack is. Anyway, how are you today, Jack? I'm very well. I'm very well. Well fed, watered, slept. It's been a good day. Oh, that's been fun. So you've got your high Maslow's hierarchy of needs sorted. Absolutely. Got the fundamentals, got your house, got your food, got your water. Fantastic. Couldn't be better. What have you had for breakfast this morning, Jack? Uh, so we still haven't clipped this from the uh, previous podcast, but shockingly, I had some oats, banana, whey protein, and soy milk with a little bit of almond butter, but a twist. Today oh. I had... Uh, uh, what the, what are they called? I've forgotten what they're called. You're doing hand yet? Crumpet, a crumpet. <laughs> I had a toast. I had a toaster crumpet, like the big square ones, because I didn't have my bagel thin. Because I'm trying to up my up my carbs at the moment, because we're obviously so close to our big event. So I've uh, a few more carbs on the menu. So I had a toaster crumpet from Aldi, which you haven't had one. They are amazing. They are bigger, so you can fit more stuff on it, which is just generally more enjoyable have you had a sourdough crumpet yes they are amazing they are very much enjoyed the ones that i had i haven't had a toaster crumpet they're great they're masters they're literally like the size of the toaster like only just fits in that's pretty impressive so you can fit so much like good stuff on top of it as every time i have a crumpet the only thing i ever have in a crumpet is marmite because it soaks through it's all like, you put loads on it and it disappears and it's all like inside and it's just like, delicious. I had a bagel. And a Huel shake. Ooh. Now that I'm a Huligan, a Huel convert. A Huligan. That's what, that's what they call it. They're trying to make me part of their community. <laughs> see what they're doing. I can see it coming. Um, but it's enjoyable. Then I had some what flavor. I got three flavors because I got a free bag. I had the, this one this morning I had was coffee flavour. It's you know what the best thing about it is Erin hates it. Ah. So I get to eat all of it. Fair. It's great. So now I'm like trying to replace, use a huge shake to replace a meal. So four the calories in the shake's a lot. It's a lot. But actually it's probably less than my breakfast. So free breakfast, breakfast. Then I have my huel. Then I have lunch at like not long ago. Then I'll have dinner later. So I need to get a bit leaner for a big event, which is Pyrox World Championships in like three weeks, even though I've just recovered from my Pyrox solo in London. I mean, I've only just recovered from mine and I did a double. 
<laughs> My legs hit. Anyway, so we're talking about muscle gain. Oh, again, lots to talk about. We got great feedback from our last podcast, the Fat Loss Podcast. We're definitely going to do a part two and part three of that. There's so much that we could talk about. So thank you so much for genuinely. We got loads of positive feedback for that one. So thanks so much for reaching out and saying nice things and and things that you want to hear. If there are things that you want to hear, then let us know and we'll probably talk about them at some point. So we're going to talk about muscle gain and a common, I guess, uh, I don't want to say cliche, cliche is something that is usually correct, that is passed down over time. But a phrase that we hear quite frequently in the fitness industry is that you can't out-train a bad diet. While this might be true for fat loss, like you literally can't out-train a bad diet because we know the reward but the, the calorie expenditure during exercise is not as desirable as, as you would like compared to how easy it is to consume calories. This is not true for muscle gain. Muscle gain, you you actually can out-train a bad diet because training stimulus is arguably the, the most important factor when it comes to building as much muscle as possible. Would you agree, Jack? I would. Good. Um podcast over (laughs) and i think that you know when it comes to out training a bad diet as such it's you have to then come back to those underlying principles of like what actually drives muscle gain and we look at the things like training being the largest one it's the most important thing for building muscle so as long as there is some form of nutrition coming in not necessarily the best but as long as there's some if your training is on point, you will largely see a similar amount of muscle gain across two people, like two very similar people that follow the same training program, but one has a, a healthy diet, for lack of a better word, and the other person kind of eats a bit of rubbish here and there, but still gets the calories and gets the protein in, more importantly, their their results will broadly be very similar when it comes to muscle gain, of course. Cool. So when we're talking about, we're going to talk about initially training stimulus because, you know, as we've kind of identified, training stimulus is the most important thing. And then we'll probably delve a little bit deeper into what can we best do to control our nutrition to then complement the training intensity in terms of recovery and just generally being able to put as much into the session as possible. Training stimulus. So what kind of training, what kind of things do we need to be aware of when we're trying to maximize muscle gain in terms of a training stimulus? So training is the most important thing for muscle gain, but it's important to recognize and look into what does training hard actually mean? Because we can think we're training hard if it feels challenging, but it's important to actually have a way of defining what hard means. So when it comes to building muscle, we like to look at a single set of an exercise. So let's say you're doing a dumbbell curl. You're doing a set of, let's say, 10 reps. Now, you could do 10 reps and it might feel quite challenging. And then you put them down. But how do we know if that set was enough to stimulate your muscles to grow i'm not sure jack please enlighten us so the way in which we would generally go about that is 
We like to look at reps in reserve. So if you are doing a set of 10 reps and that set was two reps in reserve, then by that I would mean that you did eight reps, but you could have done 10 if I'd asked you to. And generally, when it comes to building muscle, we want each set that we do to broadly be getting within four reps in reserve. So if you did a set of 10, you couldn't have done any more than 14. Now, that is what we would class as a set that is challenging enough to stimulate your muscles to grow. The closer you get to zero reps in reserve, or you could say failure, then each each rep closer that you get becomes more stimulative. It becomes, it will grow more muscle. And then once we are getting to a point where sets that we're doing are sufficiently challenging, you know, we're pushing ourselves to within that four reps in reserve in each set, then it's important to make sure that we're doing enough of these sets throughout the week. As a kind of general guidance, we want to be doing somewhere in the region of maybe 10 to 20 challenging sets per muscle group per week. And then we're spreading those sets out across the week so that you're hitting each muscle group multiple times throughout that week. I think there's some really important points there. I'm just going to kind of reiterate in case you didn't understand its importance. So training to almost failure, like reps in reserve that you described so eloquently is a really important take home. Like if you're listening to this, being like, I want to build as much muscle as possible. I really want to, you know, put on as much muscle as I possibly can. If you're coming into the gym and, you know, we use barbell bicep curls as an example because it's it's really easy to understand. And you do your 10 reps and you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ooh, that was fine. The fact that you thought it was fine and you could have probably done 10, 12 more reps means that you weren't, the training stimulus was not enough and is not enough for you to optimize the the production and growth of muscle. So that would basically mean is if you're doing your bicep curls, you're like, I could probably only do no more than four more reps. Like if I was to do four more reps, on that fifth rep, I would come to failure. And by failure, that would mean like the rep could not be completed because it hurts too much. Your muscles are totally fatigued. Now I just want you to think like how often do I train where I feel like that? Like, how often do I train where I'm like, I physically don't think that I could get a couple more reps? And the closer you get to that, you know, zero reps in reserve, that that failure point that you that you spoke about, the more kind of uncomfortable and rubbish it is. And having you know done lots of different types of training and 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 training stimuluses. Like muscle building work is is really hard and really uncomfortable. And that's kind of like, that's the trade-off, right? To want to have a, a really, really muscular and great physique, you've got to train to the point where it's actually not fun anymore. So training as hard as you possibly can, because trust me, that's going to be really hard. And then averaging that those, the amount of reps, the volume that you're doing, 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. So when you're tracking your workout, so when you're looking at different exercises that you're doing, take a little mental note of like, oh, actually, how often, how how hard am I training, and am I doing this particular movement enough? And if you, for those who are like super like into it and that, if you look at how we structure our training at the Empowerment Training Center, 
you are able to actually hit this sufficient set training two or three times per week, which is well thought of, I must say. So training simulators, super, super important. Next, let's talk a little bit about, you know, food and nutrition that we did sort of talk initially about how, you know, you can out-train a bad diet, but let's not be too kind of uh, dogmatic on that phrase. It's just like a, it's not the be-all and end-all, but when you, when we're looking to maximize muscle gain, then what should we really be looking at to put our body in the best possible position to recover from training, to grow as much muscle as possible? Over to you, Jack. So this is where the main difference comes from a nutrition perspective between fat loss and muscle gain. So when we're looking to lose fat, calories is by far the most important thing. We need to be creating that calorie deficit in order for us to be losing body fat over time. However, when it comes to building muscle, protein becomes more important than calories. Calories are still important, and we'll touch on that in a minute, but without protein, there is not going to be much muscle being built. You can build some, but especially for people that are maybe a little bit more advanced or have been training consistently for a little while, if you're not eating enough protein, you will not be building much muscle and you definitely won't be optimizing your muscle building. How much protein do we need? Generally, we're going to be looking for somewhere in the region of 1.8 to 2.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. And another thing that kind of separates fat loss and muscle gain is we really want to be making sure that we're maximizing the protein that we're consuming and breaking that down into servings that are going to help make sure you are maximizing that muscle building throughout the course of the day. Generally, we want to be aiming for somewhere in the region of 0.3 to 0.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per meal. And we want to be aiming for three to six of those servings throughout the day. And you might be listening to this being like, I can't eat that much, six meals a day, that's ridiculous. Well, that might be the case. So when we're looking at creating muscle, we want to be providing our body with kind of pulses of proteins spread throughout the day. You might have heard this is called the, is it, it's called the refractory period. Oh, you just dropped the refractory period. So the, it's like there's a nice little graph where you like train nitrogen, nitrogens in the body go down and then you have proteins, which is nitrogen, it goes back up. And then that's when you optimize the, the muscle building stimulus. And then it kind of goes back down again as the food is metabolized. And then you don't want to build it back up again by having another meal to then continuously spike your body's ability to use those proteins and calories to push towards muscle building, the development of metabolically active tissue. Now, again, we're we're speaking in in kind of an extreme example, like eating six times a day is the best possible opportunity to reduce that refractory period and hit your body with sufficient protein. But three times is absolutely fine. But this is just, again, a way to what can we possibly do? Is this something that I want to work towards? I want to build as much muscle as possible. I'm going to do these these things. Now, in terms of protein, like where would you think the best kind of source of, of protein is? Uh, we're not going to talk about, you know, leucine or anything like that, are we? No, it's too, too common. Maybe, maybe in part two, if you want to know about leucine threshold, which is just an amino acid that is plays a key role within the protein to help you create the best 
opportunity again to build muscle. So what kind of foods should we be having and consuming, Mr. Jack? All protein kind of exists on like a spectrum. And we would say that whey protein is going to kind of sit at the top of that on the left hand or on the left hand side, if you like, of that spectrum. And generally you can get away with less whey protein in a single serving and still get that muscle building stimulus. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you would have kind of like a lot of plant-based proteins that we would say are incomplete a lot of the time. So you would need more of those incomplete proteins, those typically plant-based proteins versus whey. And then as we move across that spectrum, we're then going to go into things like animal-based products, so your meats, and you've got things like eggs as well, dairy products, which are going to be very similar to whey, but your things like your Greek yogurts, cheese, and whatnot. And then we move into things like soy, tofu, tempeh, soy products, wheat-based proteins as well. And then after that, you've obviously got other things like legumes, chickpeas, lentils, things like that. Also very high in protein, rice as well. So what you can do is you can start to blend these foods together to help up your overall protein intake. So you're not just relying on individual things in each meal. You can start putting meals together where you're including these better quality of proteins, if you like, and those incomplete proteins to create meals that are overall higher in protein, which is going to support your muscle gain goals. You know, when you're talking about like whey protein being, you know, a more complete protein and the plant-based proteins that obviously, you know, you were, you know, vegan for a very long time and are still a vegetarian and being vegan was, it was very hard for you to get the most protein possible whilst still keeping your calories low because the foods that you were consuming when you were when you were vegan don't have as much protein per gram per calories overall you'd be like well i need to hit at least you know let's say 0.3 or 0.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight or i need to hit 35 grams of protein within my meal but because everything i'm having is plant-based food that i'm consuming is let's just say for argument's sake is 800 calories and within those 800 calories, that is where I'll get my 35 grams of protein. Whereas if you're looking at something like whey or, or some animal products, uh, then you can get those 35 grams of protein with only 250 calories, which means you're going to, although still getting a very similar kind of protein intake, you're then consuming less calories, which will be more beneficial for you to not put on as much body fat, especially over several and multiple meals throughout the day. Would you say that's a fair fair comment yeah exactly and also when it goes for trying to lose fat like if you're trying to keep your protein high because you want to build muscle or you at least want to maintain the muscle that you have as you diet then getting that protein in whilst also bringing the calories down is going to be quite challenging uh, because your protein sources as a vegan specifically but also as a vegetarian are more limited then the protein sources that you have available to you are typically going to be high in either fat and or carbohydrates so when you're trying to bring calories down and also keep protein high it gets to a point where you have to sacrifice something you're either going to sacrifice the calories or you're going to sacrifice the protein and obviously in the context of muscle gain we want to be prioritizing that protein more often than not i think this is a really good time to just hit home something that we say all the time and why we try to separate muscle gain and fat loss. 
so many people, when they don't necessarily understand this topic too much, they'll always be like, yeah, so I want to build fat. I want to build fat. No, you don't want to. <laughs> not, many people, not many people say that. <laughs> uh, I want to build muscle and I want to lose fat. And it's like, okay, okay, great. They're two completely opposite things in terms of how we provide an intervention. One is eating less calories is fundamentally important to reduce your body fat. The other is, well, you really want to be having more calories than what you need so that there are calories spare so your body can build muscle tissue. It's much harder. If you're not consuming enough calories, it also means that you're more than likely not going to be consuming sufficient amounts of protein because protein still has calories for calories per gram. And therefore, you're not putting your body in the best possible position to grow muscle. So you really want to be doing it in stages, if anything. You know, this goes back to like the old Arnie bodybuilding where they did like cutting and bulking. We tend not to use those terms so much anymore, especially not for our demographic. But they're two opposite things. It's you can build muscle and lose fat if you're new to training. So just by giving a little bit of training stimulus, which you said is you know one of the most important factors when it comes to muscle building, just by applying some training stimulus and eating a little bit better, you will your body composition will improve, you'll lose body fat and you'll build muscle. But as you go through this journey and you've trained for more than six months, eight months up to a year, you have to kind of almost pick one or the other. Like for me, I'm just kind of, gain-taining just maintaining so <laughs> i'm just eating like a good amount of calories training well i'm not trying to lose body fat i'm you know i guess i'm always trying to build muscle because building muscle takes ages a lot longer than what anyone would like especially with my genetic predisposition i don't build muscle very easily unfortunately it's just how it is and so i you what you really want to pick one one or the other so we've talked a lot about calories Talk to us a little bit about calories and, you know, eating more calories. Of course, great. That's going to help us build muscle. But there's got to be, there's got to be a point of diminishing returns. So I have to be like, right, Jack, you've put me on more calories. I'm going to have 10,000 more calories a day. Is that going to be good return on investment for me to optimize my muscle building? And if not, how much more should I consume? Where do I start? Right, absolutely not. And when it comes to building muscle, a lot of people can kind of get carried away with, I just need to eat, 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 eat. And that's what people will focus on. And then they'll prioritize the calories maybe over the protein. And they'll just be eating thousands and thousands of calories a day, gaining some muscle if they're training hard enough. But they'll also be gaining a lot of body fat alongside that. And if we are wanting to optimize how much muscle we're building... We need to have as much time as possible. We need to be training hard and consistently for as prolonged period of time. And if you have just gained a load of body fat really quickly, you're going to be tempted to diet to reduce that body fat. And if you're dieting, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're not going to be in a place to build as much muscle as possible. And then if you go back and repeat that cycle again, gain loads of body fat really quickly, diet again, you're, you're never going to be stacking up those weeks of consistent hard training over time. And that is what is going to contribute to you building the most muscle over time. I mean, I, I see this all the time, or I used to see this all the time, where someone would be like, right, I'm going to have 10,000 calories a day, four weeks, bulky mate. And they'll train really, really hard. 
And within four weeks, because they're consuming way too many calories, yes, of course, they're building muscle, but then they'll do like four weeks of dieting. So within those four weeks of dieting, they're then massively reducing their calories and therefore they have to be reducing the amount of protein that they can consume because they can't just have whey protein shakes and that's all they can consume. And therefore being in a less optimal position to grow muscle for four weeks. And then they'll be like, wow, I'm going to gain again. Then they'll go to a four-week gain cycle and say, well, actually, as you've said really, really well, it's a really good point. You want to be having a little increase in your calories and be able to train as hard as you can for the longest possible period of time to maximize your muscle gain and stop having to have these little baby interventions in between. Which is why when a member comes to us and they go, I want to gain as much muscle as possible, we'll be like, well, is your body fat in the best possible position now? So we want to lose the body fat first to then give the longest runway to build as much muscle as possible because losing fat doesn't take too long but you can lose fat quite quickly and it's you can calculate it and you can predict it do it like a 10-week diet phase or a six-week diet phase whereas muscle building is much more harder to measure and it's much longer and it's it's a lot more insignificant than what we would like you know oh, i've gained four kilos of muscle wrong you have not it's impossible because muscle building takes, especially when you're looking at building lean muscle, it's it's really, it's really really hard. So we've talked about your know, training stimulus and some really good points about reps and reserve and training hard, and this is going to give us the best possible stimulus. We've spoken about protein, how to get them as much protein in as possible in accordance to your weight. Having more meals a day is going to spike your body's ability to build metabolically active tissue, aka muscle, whilst in a slight calorie service. We've spoken about what foods are the best in terms of their protein and calorie return. We've spoken about calories. We've spoken about the length of muscle building, although it's hard to measure. Let's finish on some of the factors that can, outside of training and protein, that will impact both positively and negatively our body's ability to to build as much muscle as possible. Over to you, Jack. So it's important to, to recognize that it doesn't matter how hard you're training in the gym if you're not able to recover from that hard training because we know that muscle is built outside of the gym. We break down our muscles in the gym with our training and then they grow and recover when we're outside of the gym. So we need to make sure that we're getting adequate sleep. So aiming for at least seven hours of quality sleep per night. We're making sure that we're taking sufficient rest days so we're not just training every day and breaking our body down we need to make sure that we are having days off throughout the week and we aren't just training you know you're not just squatting monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday heavy hard sets because then you're not allowing yourself time to recover from those sessions you're making sure that you're managing your stress so everything causes stress life stress work stress Eating in a calorie surplus is a stress. Training is a stress. So we need to make sure that we're taking note of the different sources of stress within our life and we're doing what we can to help minimize the impact that that is having on our overall stress levels, if you like. Because there's always going to be stress. Like There's always going to be things that happen. But if you can take some time to make sure that you're doing what you can to minimize that, then that's going to have benefits on your muscle building over time because you're going to be able to train harder more frequently you're going to be getting better quality sleep and you're going to have more tolerance for those life stresses and then also making sure that you are of course eating 
well and by well you're eating enough protein to support muscle growth and repair you're eating enough calories to allow you to have sufficient energy to train hard and also as another stimulus for muscle growth and yeah and making sure you know you're eating some fiber and fruit and veg and that because it's good for health and that and also if you are you know in a calorie surplus and you are pushing you know food and even just eating a couple of hundred calories above your maintenance and you are in a calorie surplus for some people that is going to be a lot of food so you need to make sure that you're not just getting it in and stuffing your face that you're actually making good use of that food you're actually digesting it and it's sitting well with you and you feel energized so you're making sure you're getting enough fiber drinking enough water so you're actually able to process those extra calories well and make use of them. it's so important i'm glad you made this point i'm, I'm going to make this point again when people look at building muscle you know people will just go full send on like their fish fish cakes fish was it fish and rice it's rice and a fish cake. rice and a fish cake no. fish fish and a rice cake. fish and a rice cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, eat vegetables as well man you need to have fiber and and fats and all these other things that correspond to a healthy normal diet so if you're if you're in a muscle building phase you're looking to optimize your muscles don't forget about eating vegetables drinking water sleeping i mean sleep is really an important factor when it comes to muscle building because you need to recover we say this all the time like recovery is if arguably more important no it's not more important than, than the training it's not but it's kind of important you need to train hard but you also need to recover because effectively in the gym when you're training hard you're getting worse, you're getting weaker, you're lo losing muscle, I guess, in, a, in a really kind of layman's terms. And that muscle is built, that strength is built in the recovery. So the 4% that you are in the gym every day, which is just one hour in the gym, you know, for some people, a little bit more, it's what you do outside of a gym that really matters. And as Arnold Schwarzenegger says, abs are made in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not sure I don't think he ever said. I think he did. I think he said that. I think he said, abs are made in the kitchen. Your diet is really important. Feed your body with wholesome food. Eat some good stuff. Eat some vegetables. Eat some protein. Train hard. Sleep well. And there you go. That's all of life's problems sorted, pretty much. Yeah. Because if in doubt, just get more jacked. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying. Solve all of your problems. It will, to be fair. So, maybe some of them. Maybe some of them. Kyle's still got some problems. <laughs> Hungry most of the time. Yeah. Sick. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to get feedback from it. And yeah, have an awesome week and look forward to seeing you very soon. It's love. It's love. Bam, bam, bam.